Hi, I'm Lorraine, the Lifetime Coach. Welcome to my podcast. This is a space to come together and be inspired on your path to self-love, the most important journey you will ever take. I am a spiritual life coach and look forward to exploring spiritual practices, tools and methods with you to unlock your inner strength so no situation in life is greater than you. Remember, everything begins with one small step. On today's show, I am joined by Monique Shaw. Along with being somebody who I find extremely encouraging and influential, I am so lucky to be able to call her my sister-in-law. Monique has been extremely successful for years in the corporate world, and she recently took the brave and courageous step in leaving that behind to follow her passion and heart in her coaching and branding consultancy business, Rewrite. Today, we're going to look at how our personal values affect our daily lives and what we can do to become more aligned with our beliefs and values. Lorraine. It's so lovely to have you here today. Um, as Happy I to said, you're my sister-in-law, so we have to try and uh, keep this professional because me and me <laughs> could literally talk all day and um, we never seem to have enough time. So much so uh, we were on our other sister-in-law's hen night um, a year ago now, April, and just by coincidence we both were chatting as we do and we found out that we were both studying, doing coaching. Mm. even knowing we were both setting up our coaching businesses at the same time so yeah we we are good we are good at talking me and Monique together but this podcast is about self-love and it's the journey to self-love which I have said over and over I really believe is the foundation for everything so let's kick off with asking Monique what does self-love mean to you Thank you. Um, So self-love for me is something that you do rather than a finite point that you reach. Um, So it's the actions that you take each day. It's prioritizing yourself. It's the rituals that you participate in each day. It's having boundaries. It's, you know, taking care of yourself mentally and physically. Um, So for me, I've been able to cultivate um, self-love through each day really making sure that I'm carving out some time for myself um, in the morning. That's that's really an important part of the day for me. Um, I've got a three-year-old um, and you know, unless I get up um, in the morning before him, my day is going to start um, you know, and be completely dictated by um, you know, him waking up, my husband getting out of bed, the dogs, you know, and then the routine of family life and then tumbling into the work day and and so on and so forth. So I've had to really carve out some time for myself at the start of each day. Um, And it's really something that I, I only noticed, you know, beauty, um, the beauty of hindsight. I've reached a point recently where I sort of reflected on having had a meditation practice for two years um, that I accidentally Um, cultivated and we can talk about that um, a little later Um, but I realized that I had reached a point where um, I had a lot of uh, self-contentment and um, I suppose self-esteem and and self-love and I hadn't realized that that had um, you know arrived as such um, until I reflected on the fact that I hadn't always felt that sense of contentment, you know, when I was in my teens and early twenties and, and certainly actually into my early thirties as well, 
um, you know, I, I would have periods in my life when I would feel, um, you know, uh, unsure, um, lower mood, so on and so forth, you know, at times um, probably feeling quite depressed as well, um, maybe holding myself back, um, negative self-talk, all of those things that, you know, we all experience, but it's when those things are more pronounced rather than being, you know, infrequent that they become problematic. And I realised, um, you know, in the last couple of years, wow, I, I don't really struggle with a lot of that stuff anymore. And I could, I could accurately pinpoint it to creating this mindfulness practice and then starting to have these routines each day. And it wasn't about me trying to love myself by doing these routines, but by doing these routines, I was demonstrating to myself, I care about you, you're important. Um, I was listening to an interview with Anna Mathur um, today, actually, um, and she is a, um, a psychotherapist, I believe, but she's also got a, um, a big presence on Instagram and she talks a lot about her struggles with anxiety. And she was saying that, you know, if you imagine your children, um, if you weren't, you know, if, if your child was cold or needed to go to the toilet or, um, you know, wanted to have a snack and you were denying your child, you know, nourishment um, and love, how would your child feel? And if you apply that to yourself, you know, you need to go to the toilet, you need to have an early night, you need to have a moment of calm for yourself. By not, dem by not demonstrating love to yourself by doing those things, it, does, it can corrode your, your, your sense of self-love. And then conversely, by prioritizing your health and, and your boundaries and so on and so forth, um, it does cultivate self-love. So that's certainly what self-love has meant for me and that's my self-love journey. Um, and one that I continue to do every day and, and have to continue to do every day. I absolutely love that. You covered so many things that I think <laughs> in, in that it's even like I would know you so well and I wouldn't have known that you would have not, you know, you would have felt unfulfilled even into your early 30s. And isn't it just so funny how we just learn to accept sometimes we just like I've always talked about up until I really started a spiritual path, I always had a loneliness inside me that I just thought was normal, a real sadness, a real darkness inside me. Now I know now where it came from, but it's bringing it into the awareness and then using these practices, you know, so I, I would say a spiritual path, but you know, you're calling it mindfulness there. And again, you're, you're reflecting on the fact that your life dictates when you can have this mindfulness time. So it is in the morning, you set your alarm early, to get up and do your meditation, you know, um, because that's where you can fit the time in. So, and I know you like to journal and that's something I've been talking about this week because other people, you know, there is, I call them tools and methods as well. And you're saying there, you know, I know you like to do your meditation and you like to journal and for other people that just won't work. It's not realistic because their children wake up at whatever time or they start work really, really early. And it is just finding the time for your for yourself. So I, you know, we're not saying that you have to journal and you have to meditate first thing in the morning, but it's what works for you. And just those little actions have made such a difference to who you are as a person. And yes. you know that that is huge. There is, um, I think, there's a really important point in that um, that um, I, I want to make around the the finding that time because you're absolutely right. Um, I actually tried to start meditating regularly 
a really long time ago, um, like I'm talking late 90s. Um, I've always been really interested in, um, in, in that sort of thing. I suppose it comes from my mom. She took me to my first yoga class when I was 10. Um, and I could never develop a, a meditation practice. It was never called mindfulness back then. Mindfulness seems to be the kind of agreed term now. Um, and do you want to know what the, the, the game changer was for me? It was getting out of this belief that meditation needed to be something that I did for 20, 30 minutes, an hour. You know, I did it perfectly. Um, it had to be, you know, in a special room with some incense burning and all of that, you know, setting myself up to fail. When I, um, when I you know, discovered um, that even doing five minutes was going to be um, a game changer and going to really, really shift the way that I felt, I cannot justify not finding five minutes in my day. Now, one of the, um, the habit forming techniques that I use is attaching it to something that I already did. So my morning ritual now has been built up over time. Yeah. Um, but I started with five minutes of meditation before my morning coffee. I'm an absolute caffeine addict <laughs> um, and I will always have a morning coffee. So I do, it seems counterintuitive actually to meditate and then take some caffeine. Um, but I will always... Um, do my meditation before I have my coffee and then as you say like I journal um, almost every day um, and I've also taken to reading a couple of pages of my book every day um, this all forms and now I'm doing yoga as well and and I do a 60 second plank now I'm not saying that to sound like somebody who is nailing their morning routine but the point is I started with five minutes of meditation I noticed the way that it made me feel um, and I consciously wanted to continue to invest in that time for me. Um, and, and now I've got a, you know, an even, an even bigger and more complex morning routine. Um, but it can be five minutes. Yeah. And we can all find five minutes. That's it. And it, like, you know, I always say it, just start off with one thing. It's just bringing things mm. into your awareness. Um, and just, you know, for you, the awareness was the difference that that five minutes made. And over mm. the two years, how you've built that and so many changes have really come from that. And Monica said there in the intro, intro that you have recently started your own coaching business and your own branding business. And I know that you talk massively about what our own values mean to us and our own belief mm -hmm. systems. Can I ask you just to talk a little bit more about that? Because it's such an important and huge topic. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so values are one of those things that I mean, anybody who's worked with a coach or, or, or knows um, a little bit about coaching will know that uh, one of the first things that a coach will do um, with a client is really try to get to the heart of what their values are. Um, I've come from a corporate background. I worked for a really big organization and big corporates also talk a lot about values and corporate values. Um, and the reason that the, the coaches and companies um, go on about values is because they are really important. Um, they do drive our behaviors. Um, they do have an influence on um, our energy, um, our sense of joy and satisfaction, and we all have them. Everybody has values. Interestingly, um, and I can't cite research on this, but I'm sure that <laughs> there is some. Um, but your values tend to be pretty consistent over your lifetime. Uh, I've heard, read that they can shift if there's, um, you know, if you, if you undergo big periods of growth or change. But for the most part, they're pretty consistent. Um, now, for me personally, I, one of my values is creativity. 
And in my professional work, I was a global brand and marketing leader. Sounds like a really creative role, and it is to an extent, uh, but it wasn't um, as creative as I wanted to be. So my creativity value wasn't being met sufficiently. Uh, there's a number of different, I won't go into every single one of my values, but the point is, if you are feeling out of alignment, um, if you're feeling like you're uh, exhausted, you're bored, uh, you are listless, irritated, resentful, knowing what your values are and then sense checking how aligned am I to these values at the moment in my personal life, my professional life, that can really illuminate where some of the, the blocks or the gaps can be. So I really consciously with my, with my business rewrite, I really consciously sat down and thought, what are the things that are most important to me? Uh, what are the things that I really need to make sure, are, you know, showing up in my day to day to really make me feel fulfilled and satisfied and energized. And I got very, very clear on what my values were. And I built a business around that. So each of the values that I have, that's showing up in the business that I've created. Um, I think for everybody, if you don't know what your values are, it's so easy to find out, you know, you can Google values assessment online and find a range of different sources for free that will help you work them out. Uh, but really, I mean, I would say that we all have about four or five, five or six core values. Know what your values are and then really get clear on you know, how they are or aren't being met. For example, if you have a value that is freedom and the, one of the ways in your life that that has really been um, enriched and fulfilled is the ability to go traveling or, you know, work flexibly or whatever, but you're tied down, you're in a lot of debt, you're in a job that doesn't allow you a lot of freedom. Uh, that's going to make you feel really drained and stifled. So how are some ways that you could give yourself a little freedom? Maybe it's, you know, going mountain biking on the weekend or, you know, exploring rock climbing indoors or whatever, uh, or, you know, going freelance if you're not freelance. Um, risk, you know, level of risk or security. You know, some people really, really crave security. Some people really crave, um, you know, having a bit of risk in their life. People are all very different, but knowing what your values are and then just making sure that you're allowing your decision make, making to be influenced by them can really transform your, your happiness and also your professional success. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I really do love that. And you're so right. I mean, again, it comes back to you saying, you know, everybody has four or five values, but sometimes we're not aware of it. It's given ourselves time to sit down and really think about who, who are we as a person? Because if you don't give yourself the time to sit down and really assess what your values are, you just kind of always feel out of sync. And again, you know, things are not in your awareness and that's where, you know, yeah, the body just gets out of sync. I absolutely love that. You have been posting a lot about personal brand at the moment. And <laughs> it is funny because you've mentioned there you're in the corporate world and I know how successful Monique was. So when she told me she was leaving this job to set up on her own, yes, it was courageous, but I can't lie. I was absolutely shocked. But when you told me, I was shocked because you were leaving this, you know, really successful corporate job. 
you always said you'd climb the ladder you, you absolutely smashed all your own expectations and then you were giving it up so of course I was shocked but at the same time I had absolutely no doubt that your company will be successful it was not intuitive it was not a good instinct it was literally that's that's who you are you are you know who you are anything you commit to you massively commit to and I just believed it just, you didn't say I'm setting up a successful business you said you were going out on your own and instantly I just knew this is going to be successful and that to me is part of what your personal brand is that's what you put out in the world so I'd love you to talk about personal brand and the importance of it and I know you say you know it can be cliche people might not like the term but whether we like it or not you said we all have a personal brand so mm, yeah um yeah so we do we all have a personal brand um uh it is one of those terms that uh is quite overused uh, probably a little bit like self-love and self-care it can be um it can be something that has been so overused that you know people can roll their eyes a little bit and i get that with personal brand it can feel like something that you know is is more relevant to celebrities or social media influencers but um as i always say whether you like it or not you have a personal brand it's really 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 critical in your work and in your career that you accept that that you know that and then you start making it work for you um, so Jeff Bezos, the, um, the CEO founder of Amazon, he describes your brand as um, what people say about you when you walk out of the room. And the way that people talk about brand in terms of products and services, it's really what distinguishes a particular brand or, or, or service or product from another product or service or brand. The same thing can be applied to people in the workplace, workplace and in their careers. So for example, if you are you know, always the person that shows up on time, is incredibly efficient, can be relied to see a project through to completion. Um, you know, if somebody's thinking, okay, we really need somebody who is an excellent project manager, they always see a project through to completion, we need that person. Um, equally, if you're, you know, the big picture thinker that's always coming up with the crazy ideas, you're not very good at finishing them off, but you're, you know, the right person to come up with something. That becomes your reputation at work. Um, and, and everybody has a reputation in the workplace or a reputation in their career. The key is to know what your personal brand is and then start to cultivate it to work for you. So I discovered the power of personal brand pretty accidentally actually um, so when i started working for the company that i um, left earlier in the year to, to launch rewrite uh, that was about eight years ago that i first started working for them and i joined the company in a global brand management role and about a year and a bit into that role i moved into a new role in business development and i took with me into this new role this reputation of being a brand expert now, in my previous role, I was one of the more junior people in that team. I wasn't the brand expert in that team. There were people that had 20 years experience in global branding. But in my new team, I had this reputation for being the brand expert. Um, and I noticed that it then dictated the kind of opportunities that I would get. And I quite liked this reputation. So I started to consciously cultivate it. Likewise with writing, I love to write. Um, writing was a part of that role and project management was also a part of that role. I prefer to write um, over project management. I'm a much better writer than I am project manager. I had to do both 
but writing was my preferred. So again, learning this about personal brand, I started to really cultivate this reputation of being the writer. And that gave me the edge in that team in terms of anything that had to do with brand or writing, I was your go-to. It meant that I got opportunities that um, would ne wouldn't necessarily have been afforded to me. Uh, people from across the business would seek me out for my work. Um, and then when I went back into um, a global brand role many years later, five and a half years later, I then did it in reverse. So I went into brand again, having had this business development background and working with clients. And I really took in this reputation for having client centricity and really understanding what clients needed. Again, it allowed me to stand out pretty quickly um, and you know get projects and opportunities that were really interesting to me and important to me. The point is, if you know what you um, know what you were good at, because it's got to be authentic, know what you're good at, know what you want to be known for, and then start really owning that and, and promoting it. Um, I think there's, a, there's another really important point to make as well. Know what you don't want to be known for, because the flip side to personal brand is, you know, not being the person who is always relied upon to, to, to jump in and rescue at the last minute or, or whatever it may be, because you can develop personal brands in the workplace or a personal brand in the workplace that can work for you and against you. So really knowing what you want to be, um, what you want to be famous for and consciously cultivating that and helping people to answer the question, why you? Yeah, brilliant. You said there, it, personal brand is what people say about you when you leave the room. So I thought I'd share this with all our listeners. I recently in January attended a, a very significant birthday from Monique and I've actually never said this to her. I got to meet obviously <laughs> loads of her close friends that I, uh, I hadn't got to meet before. And one of her friends is actually very, very successful and she is extremely busy in the corporate world. She'd just had a baby. I think her little boy was one or two and she, she got talking to me and she said, you know, I made this decision that I just didn't have any more room in my life for friends. My life is so busy. I don't have any more to give of myself. And then one day I met Monique and she said that that was all <laughs> blown out the window that you, cause you do, you, you know, she was saying how you hold a room, you, you have such a genuine interest in people. So yeah, you, you got added onto the friend list when you <laughs> actively close that list and that, that's you all over. So that's, that's exactly what people say about Monique when she uh, leaves the room. So we, Mon I, we've talked over and over here about Monique took the really brave decision to leave a successful corporate job and it's not something that, you know, would be done lightly. And it was like it had been in Monique's mind for quite a while we're not saying today, that's it, quit your job. But the thing is, it's every day taking a step towards the bigger goal, every day becoming more aware of who you are, what your values are, like Monique just said, what you want to be known for, what your strengths are. It's really getting to know yourself and taking that step every single day because today might not be the right day to, to, you know, to take the final leap, but it is every day is an opportunity to work towards the bigger goal. So we're going to finish up with asking Monique, what would you say to people that have their dreams, they have their desires exactly like you did, but fear is holding them back? What, mm. what would you have to say to them? Um, it's a really great question. Um, before I answer that, I will say I, I think it is a really important point to 
definitely not encourage people to, to quit their jobs before, <laughs> before they're ready. And with, you know, I wouldn't want any, <laughs> I wouldn't want people to take, um, you know, unnecessary risk. Um, but there are, as you say, Lorraine, there are a lot of ways that you can move towards your goals um, incrementally and just be making sure that you're aligning yourself more closely to your values and cultivating the brand that you want and taking actions to grow your self-care and your self-love. Um, in terms of fears, one of the biggest misconceptions that I have come across with my coaching clients is this belief that confidence is a prerequisite for taking courageous action. One of my great uh, famous uh, quotes and favorite quotes by Anais Nin, um, it's actually on my, note, um, my notebook, life shrinks and expands in proportion to one's courage. So it's courage, not confidence, um, that is the most important thing. You won't get rid of your fears entirely, um, but they are not the determinant of whether or not you should take action. It's actually when you push up against your edges and, and, and make yourself uncomfortable, when you're really stepping out of your comfort zone into that red zone where, you know, your, your inner critic is screaming, um, you know, stop and you're not worthy and, and people don't do this and people like you can't do that and you're too old and you're too this and you're too that. Um, you know, your inner critic is there to keep you safe and to keep you small it should not be dictating um, the actions that you take. I know fear as, um, as, as well as the next person, um, but I've never allowed fear to decide whether or not I take action. Um, and what you find is the more courageous action that you take over time, you know, suddenly you have confidence in a particular area. So one of the things that I um, did in my corporate career um, was, and I, I, I do as part of my business now, uh, I did a lot of presentations and I did presentation skills training and I would have to get up um, and present to a room of people about how to be a really, really awesome presenter. And if you're going to get up on a stage and teach people how to be a good presenter, you better be a good presenter. And <laughs> that was, you know, at times still now can be quite intimidating. Um, and I would still feel a little bit nervous before getting onto the stage and, um, and teaching people how to present effectively, knowing that the, my content and my delivery were both going to be scrutinized. Um, but the point was, I would feel the fear and do it anyway to quote, I think it's Susan Jeffers who said that, take the action anyway. Don't wait to not feel the fear because that time only comes after you've taken the action repeatedly. And actually, sometimes it never completely goes away. But when you're living up against your edges and you've always got that slight little bit of fear um, in you know, many of the actions that you take, that's when you really are living a fulfilled, um, uh, a fulfilled life because you've got to push up against your edges. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with coaching, we see all the time people set goals and then they'll take the steps. And then just as they get to the goal, they, it stretches again because you never, yeah. you're never fully content. Once you start learning about yourself and you start on this path of going after mm. your dreams, it just keeps going, doesn't it? You just, you always want to stay yeah. going. Monique, well, I think when yeah. I was just going to say one last thing, sorry. I think when you are in that place of fear or something feels really, really scary, that's the most exciting spot to be that's when you really want to take that leap. That means you're getting really close to where you should be headed. 
Absolutely, because it's so different to ego. It's that it, it's nearly is it is it fear? Is it excitement that you feel? Um, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's there's nothing like it. It's yeah, you just feel really really alive, and it's so nice when you do chase your dreams to step out and you go from what we talked about two weeks ago from you're not just existing, you're really now starting to live. And that's fabulous. You have provided so much content, so much food for thought. I know I speak for everyone when I say thank you so much for being here today. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I could talk to you all day. Um, you're so knowledgeable and tell everyone where they can find you and by the way when Monique comes out with quotes I have never ever known anybody to have a reading list as long as Monique I I mean the amount of books this girl gets through she is um she is brilliant and and that's a huge point like a lot of like I know Bob Proctor always says it as well every day is an opportunity to learn and that's exactly you live by that you never ever stop learning educating yourself and you know they, they always always say the, the day you think you know it all that's when you're in trouble and um, oh, stay curious is my motto yeah exactly so we where can we find you monique uh so you can find me on instagram at the rewriters so it's the underscore rewriters um, or you can check me out um, on my website, www.rewriterewrite.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Monique. It has been an absolute pleasure spending time with you today. Thank you, Lorraine, as always. My pleasure. That brings us to the end of today's show. Remember, until we're together again, to keep checking in with yourself. What is it that you need every day? A sincere thank you to each and every one of you for listening today. It really does mean a lot. And if you don't want to miss any more of this amazing content, please subscribe. If you feel inclined, please leave a review. It's been an honour to spend time with you today. Thank you for listening.